Okay, we are going to, let me go straight to the word where we'll be talking about honoring God today. And I thank God for the opportunity I've been given again. We shall be talking about honoring God. And do we all know what honor is? I'm sure we do. Because uh, most of us know that honor is respect given to somebody. It's, it's, it's high respect to someone. Or you, you hold somebody in great esteem. An example I can give is we honor our pastor. We respect him. We hold him in great esteem because he's our pastor. Basically, it is high respect that you have for somebody. That is honor. It can be your employers at work. You do not respond to them anyhow. You respect this person because you know that anytime you mess up, you're going to lose your job or you're going to get problems with him. It could be our parents at home. We honor our parents. We do whatever they tell us to do. Even when they are not around, you know that my father or my mother does not want me to do that. I will not do it because you honor them that much. You hold them in great esteem because there are certain things that our parents told us to do when we were young, but even now we still do them because we know that that one mom said no. Even when they are not around, you don't do it because they are around, but even when they are not, you honor them. You put them in that great esteem because you honor them. It could be your husband. <coughs> it could be your husband or your wife because you hold them in great esteem. An example, uh, uh, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, that honor your father and your mother so that your days may be prolonged. So an example I can give us of honor before I dive into honoring God is that scripture. When we look at that scripture, Deuteronomy 5.16. As you open your Bibles. It tells us that honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So you honor your mother and your father so that it may be well with you. What does the Bible tell us about this? That if you do not honor your parents, wherever you will go, it will never be well with you. However much you go where or you've gone out of the country, you have gone far away from them, irrespective of how they treated you as a child, it will never be well with you. And even your days will be shortened because of the honor that you do not give to your parents. So for everybody that is here, I'm sure we all have parents. Honor your father and your mother because the promise that comes with that instruction is that so that your days may be long and so that it may be well with you in the land that you go to. So check yourself. Maybe if you're finding problems in the city, you're finding very hard situations wherever you go, it could be because back at home, you did not honor your parents. Child of God, uh, the, worst thing, the worst mistake you can make is disobeying those people. 
They are the people that God brought into your life. They have taken care of you to the stage that you have been. And even if they treated you badly, the fact that they brought you into this world is enough for you to honor them, irrespective of what they do. Some people don't like them because of that. They are professions they do or what they used to do. You say that they used to do witchcraft. They used to engage themselves in witchcraft. They did it because they did not know or they still don't know. They, are, they, they thought that they were helping you as their child because uh, when you look at our African traditional background, if we, we have to do a mapping back to our ancestors. That was their way of life. It was witchcraft, worshipping these other gods, the, the, the ancestors, the small gods and all that. For them, they thought they were doing it for our own help. They thought they were doing it to help us. So when you go up and discover the truth, you take the truth to them and bring the light to them, not hating them instead and staying away from them. So honor your mother and your father so that your life may be prolonged. So what does honoring God mean? Honoring God is recognizing him as the highest authority in heaven and on earth. Because he is the highest authority, both here in heaven, both, both here on earth and in heaven. We honor him as the highest authority. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 6, the scripture tells us, as you open your Bibles, 8, 6, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and revering him. Revere, to revise, to fear. To fear God. So honoring God is respecting him. High respects to God Almighty. Fearing him. Submitting yourself to his will. Submitting yourself to his ways. That is what it means to honor God. You submit to his ways, irrespective of what everybody else will say. But you, you stand your ground and say that I will honor my God, come what may. I will give an example of Joseph. When you read the story of Joseph, um, we know he had dreams and his brother sold him to the Egyptians. And uh, in Genesis chapter 40, he was a houseboy in Potiphar's house. Okay, in the layman's language, you use houseboy. But he was, he was a servant in Potiphar's house, uh, if you have to read Genesis chapter 40. But verse 7 tells us in Genesis chapter 40 that Potiphar's wife saw how good-looking Joseph was. He saw how well he looked. He, he was a handsome man, a good-looking man. And the Bible tells us that Potiphar had left everything in Joseph's hand because he saw how he was successful in everything that he did because the Lord was with him. So the wife finds attraction, finds this man attractive, and he goes and tells him that come and lie with me. In other words, come and let us sleep together. What happened? Joseph said that, no, I cannot do that. My master has left everything in my hands apart from you, his wife. He said, how can I do that to him? And above all, how can I do, how can I do that to my God? That shows a sign of honor. Joseph honored God to the extent that it did not require for God to be there physically. God is always there. He's always watching us. But just because some of us don't see him physically, we tend to go against his will. His will. But Joseph stood his ground. Let us read verse, verse 9. Genesis chapter 40. 
You will read the whole story, but let us read verse 9. Chapter 40, verse 9 says, No, sorry, 39. It's 39, not chapter 40. It's chapter 39. So Joseph said, No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has my master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Praise God. So Joseph, Joseph said, how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? How? Because he honored his God to the extent that he saw that he cannot do such a wicked thing against him. This is a man who was in captivity, and this is your master's wife. You know that if you disobey her against anything, you could land yourself into problems. And indeed, he got himself into problems because the lady later on accused her of rape. She accused her of rape and he was arrested. He got thrown into prison. But he still stood his ground. But some of us believers, if we know that something is going to get, land us into trouble, we, do, we compromise our salvation. And we choose to do things contrary to what the word of God says. Do we only honor God because we see the pastor is seeing us? Because that is how we are as human beings. When we see that the pastor is watching us, we act all holy and righteous. But when the pastor is not around that side where we work from or where we study from, you find that they know you as a completely different person. They do not know the kind of person you are. Another example I can give is um, in, in Daniel chapter 3. Uh, we, ha- we see the story of these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men honored God to the extent that they were cast into the burning furnace. But this is what they said in, in Daniel chapter, seven, chapter 3. Let's, you will read the entire story when you go back. And the good thing that was the theme for the women, women women's conference, if you were around, I, I think you remember that was the theme. So we shall read from verse 17, Daniel. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 tells us, uh, these boys were telling the king that if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up. <coughs> Praise God. So they believed God to the extent that they said, even if God does not save us, we will not bow down to the idol that you have created. That takes, it takes a true believer to say that because most of us always want something from God in order to honor him. He has to first do something for you before you can honor him. But that should not be. You should hold him in great esteem that even amidst whatever troubles that you're going through, however hard pressing the situation is, you still stand your ground and say, 
that I will remain standing and serving God. When we look at the life of the apostles, if you read, if you read, if you, if you research about their lives, of all the apostles, none of them had it smooth in their lives. They were persecuted for preaching the gospel. They were imprisoned. They were flogged. They were killed. All the apostles were killed apart from John, but John also didn't have it easy. The apostle John died a natural death, but he was imprisoned alone on the island at Patmos. That is where he wrote the book of Revelation from. John was boiled in oil, but he still got out alive, and he still continued serving God. These men faced all these problems, but they still remained serving God greatly. Amid is the situations you go through. Do you still honor God? Do you still honor God and say that even though he has not given me what I need, even though he has not given me anything that I'm praying for, or he's holding on to give me it? Because sometimes we claim that he has refused, but he has not. Our God is a parent. He loves us. The problem is we do not give him time to speak, and we do not take the time to listen to him. Usually we only make our supplications known to him and we do all the talking. But after you have prayed, after you have asked him to give you something, to give you this and that and do this for you and do that for you, do you stay and listen to what he's going to say? Because when you come to pastor and say, pastor, I need your help with this and this and this, you will wait and listen to what pastor has to say also, whether he's able to give it to you or not. But we just talk and we walk away. We do not listen. Even when he communicates, we ignore his instructions. That should not be. One of the ways that we should, we should honor God is by being obedient to his instructions, whatever he says. Yes, you are asking for something from him, but he says in order for me to give you that, do this for me. We only want to be receiving from God, but we do not want to do, to work for him. However, he sent us here to do works. They are works that he prepared for us in advance to do. That is why he sent us on this earth. We are not here on our own. He is a God who has sent us here on assignment. But have we done of the work that God has called us to do? of the work that he sent us here to do. Have we done anything? Have we done any of it? Or all we do is just to make our demands. I want, I want, I want, I want. But when he tells you, okay, now it is time for you to do this for me, you say, no, I can't do that. Do we really honor God? The scripture says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 to 9, the Lord was speaking, and he says, these people honor me on their lips. Uh, let us open. Matthew 15, verse 8 to 9. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Are you the kind of person who honors God on your lips? You know we have a tendency of doing that. You say, I honor you, my God. When you're praying, that is the first thing you say. Father, I love you so much. I worship you. I honor you. But we forget that the Lord sees our hearts. He sees your heart. He knows the real you. However much you pretend here, you can pretend and show everybody else, and everybody else will say, yeah, that girl really honors her God. But the Lord sees your heart. He knows your motives. 
he sees. Even when you say that, Father, I honor you, for him he looks at you and he says, but you are a disobedient child. You have not done what I told you to do. He says, honor me by obeying me. Be obedient to God. It is one of the ways that we show that we honor our God, being obedient to him. Because we obey our parents, whatever they tell us we do. Ladies, you obey your husbands. You honor them. You obey them. When pastor here gives us an instruction, we do it out of honor and great respect for him. We do it. But why is it that when the Lord tells us to do something, we are disobedient? That is because we do not honor him. We do not honor our God. Because a person you honor, a person you hold in great respect and great esteem, you will be obedient and do that which he asks you to do. You will not even wait. You know, sometimes you have a tendency of asking why. When God tells you to do something, you're asking yourself why. Follow his instructions without even asking him why. Because sometimes his instructions will not make any sense to you. If you are the kind of person who is waiting for a reason to do it, they will not make sense to you. Just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. When we look at when we read the story of Joshua, when, when they, the Israelites were crossing to the promised land, the Lord told Joshua that the priests have to first walk into that water because the, the Jordan was there. It was obstructing them. There was no way for them to cross through. But however, he told them, the priests have to enter that water first before he creates a path. So it was after those priests entered into the Jordan that the way started, that the water started to part way. If they had held back and, uh, and Joshua said, no, first part of the sea, the way you did the Red Sea when you were coming from Egypt, they would not have walked through. But Joshua obeyed and he told all the priests to enter the water. They stood and held the ark of God and the water receded. It made way for them and all the Israelites walked through. They were able to pass through. So when, you, when the Lord gives us an instruction, we should obey him. If we are to say we honor God, one of the ways that we honor him is by being obedient to him. And then secondly, honor God with your wealth. In Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 tells us, as you open your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 The Bible tells us that honor the Lord with your wealth, with your first fruits of all your crops. Then all your bands will be filled to overflowing. That is verse 10. And your vats will brim over with new wine. The Bible tells us that honor the Lord with your wealth and your first fruit. Of all the wealth that you get, do you honor God with it? What am I talking about? How often do you give in church? Or are we the kind of people who say or claim that the money we give in church is eaten by the pastors? Because that talk is there. Most people say it. Do we give our offerings out of love for the Lord? 
when you, the Bible says with your with your wealth, with your first fruits of all your crops. How many give the first fruit in church? How many bring to the pastor that this is my first fruit? The first earnings that you get from your job or the first harvest that you get from the field or maybe the first the, the first the first uh, let me say from your livestock the first produce from your livestock the Bible is clearly telling us it is not an Old Testament culture because I know most people will say that is the Old Testament but the Bible in verse 10 clearly tells us that your bands will be filled to overflowing. In other words, there will be a continuous supply, a continuous supply, because you keep on honoring God with your word. Then the Lord will keep on blessing you, and you will keep on having a continuous supply. When we give to God, sometimes we sow seed, but the problem is we are doing it because we are expecting something in return, so we are actually loaning him. That is not honoring him. If you're doing it because you know you want something back, do we do it out of love? We have friends. In fact, let, let me say this. Uh, you, you have parents, and I know some people here, you're looking after your parents, but when you give to them, do you give to them and tell them that you are expecting it in return twice? You give me twice what I have given you? No, you don't do it because you love them. You're doing it out of honor. When you give to your child, you have little children that you're taking care of. You know these kids are not working, but you give to them and tell them that I'm expecting it back in return sevenfold. But this is what we do to our God. We actually loan to him. Let your giving be out of love. If you have decided that I am going to buy a window for the church, I am going to pay for the plastering of the church, let it be out of love, because this is your friend that you love so much. You have decided to honor. We have friends, and we give them gifts. Once in a while, you say that I'm going to buy from my friend a dress. You say, let me send my friend some money. If or maybe a friend can call to check on you, and you say, you know what, let me send you a 50000 Just go and enjoy yourself. Without you expecting it in return. But however, every time that we give to God, we always have a condition. He must give me back seven times what I've given him. Let conditions not be attached to your giving always. Do it out of love. Most of the times, yeah, I understand we source it for our businesses, for our children. Yeah, those cases are also there. However, let most of your offering be done out of love for him. Honor God with your wealth every time you give to him. When he says, bring the full tithe into my house, do it. Honor God with your wealth, your actions, your character, the words that you say. Do they honor God? The way you behave, when people look at you, do they see that this person really honors her God? When you say something, do they know, do, do they see the, oh, the, the, the glory of God in what you say? The way you dress, the way you dress up, do these people see the glory of the Lord in the way you dress? How do you conduct yourself? How does it glorify God? Some people say they honor God, but however, you're always speaking defeat, you're always confessing negativity upon your life. How is that showing honor to God? 
child of God, the scripture tells us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, that those born of God overcome the world. However, you are the child of God, a born again, who is always confessing defeat upon your life. When everybody else outside of salvation says the same thing, that the economies are hard for me, I'm done for, eh, I don't think we can ever survive this. You are also going along with them. You as a child of God, confess positivity upon your life. Let your character portray God in whatever you do. The character that you have, does it glorify God? The way that you behave, does it glorify God? Do people look at you and say that for sure? This person has the, the character of God upon them, that indeed God lives in this person. Or you are the kind of person that people are so afraid to even come around. Where the moment they see you, they just choose another direction because I know that person, eh? That person is very, is war. The moment you cross her path, hi, yeah, yeah, you are going to get yourself into trouble. The way we dress, do we honor God with the way we dress? We should be decent. In that when a person looks at you, they see decency. And apart from decency as, uh, as well, on top of decency, also dress well. You know, there are some ladies, you, 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 you completely, uh, you know there is a pastor I heard, uh, she was preaching once and she says that one time she, God told her that I have blessed you very well. But I am going to take that blessing away from you because of the way that you have that the Lord told her you don't dress well. And for her she thought she used to dress well. But this was how she used to dress. You know when you're putting on an oversized t-shirt, a skirt, you tie uh, this bandana on your head with sandals. Eh? You're dressed, right? Does it glorify God? You know, there are some people, when somebody looks at you, they, 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 they just wonder, are you 30 years or you're 60? Come on, let your dressing not start putting questions on people. You are a girl, but you're putting on an oversized dress. You're tying your hair. Come on. You all look pale. Dress well. Be smart. Be smart. Be smart with the way you dress. You cannot wear shorts and you're wearing an oversized t-shirt and you're putting on sandals and you're going for a job interview. The way you your dress code alone is going to make them send you out. I understand there are cases maybe when people don't have, but there are people who have, but they just opt to refuse. They feel that is what they want, even when you want to, even when you want to tell, you try to, to help them, help them out, they refuse. Uh, there was a documentary I was watching of certain ladies, for them they, 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 they are stay home moms. So there was, a, there, there was a certain documentary of changing somebody's lifestyle. These mothers wake up in the morning, since they are stay home moms, a mother stays in a nightdress the whole day. Like literally the whole day you were working in a nice dress because you are stay home mom. You only get out, you put on a jumpsuit and go out and, and, and do your shopping, grocery shopping. You come back like 
It is completely a life of no concern. I don't care about my looks. I don't care how I dress. But let us put much more concern. The way you dress, does it glorify God? Brother, when you dress up, do you glorify God? The way you dress. Let it bring glory to God. Praise the Lord. So honor God with your body also. And with your body, I am talking about not engaging into premarital sex. That is one of the ways. These days, in the, the generation that we are into these days is so bad to the extent that people look at sex as something so casual. We live in a generation, the moment you say that I'm a virgin, people laugh at you. They, they look at you as a loser. But look, let that not put you down, child of God. Do not let the world get the best of you. Do not let the world take control of you. Do not let the world deceive you. Just because everybody else is doing it does not make it right. Stand your ground as a believer, as a child of God, and say that irrespective of what everybody else says, I will remain in the word. I will stand in the word of God. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, as you open your Bibles, First Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you, Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Child of God, your body is the temple of God. It is the temple of God. And verse 17 says, If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is sacred. And you are that temple. So if you destroy God's temple by sleeping around, the Lord says he will destroy you. Take care of your body. It is the temple of God. And First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 tells us, 6, 6, 16, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two shall become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So when you unite yourself with a prostitute, you are one. You become one flesh. Genesis 2.24 tells us that, says that the, the, the two shall become one flesh. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So sex is a covenant between two people. When you're joined together, you become one. That is why you find people having problems. There is a transfusion of sexually transmitted diseases, but also there is a transfusion spiritually of sexually transmitted demons and the sexually transmitted curses. Those things follow. Because you have joined yourself to this person, you become one, and whatever has been bothering this person will also bother you, because you have become one. Do not play around with sex. It is not for, to be done outside the covenant of marriage. God created it for marriage. Only the marriage. It should be between husband and wife, and nowhere else. If you are engaging in premarital sex, 
you need to repent to God and ask for his forgiveness and break the covenant, the sexual covenant that you made with anybody. Because it really binds. It really binds. And not until you stop and break that covenant, that is when you will be set free. Honor God with your body. And also, also health-wise, honor God with your body health-wise. The things that you eat, what you feed on, some of us are careless with the way we eat. You're eating very unhealthy. I'm talking about unhealthy ways of eating, but you forget that the unhealthy way you eat is toxic to your body. When we look at our forefathers, these people lived long. They lived a long life. I remember I had a great grandmother who lived, she died recently, I don't know what, but my mother used to call her grandmother. But this lady lived a very long life. I know she lived past a hundred. She was a hundred and five when she died. She really lived long. And now, my grandmother is still alive. My paternal grandmother. But those people lived long because they took care of their bodies. They ate healthy. These days the food is so bad and people love eating junk all the time, all the time. We need to watch what we eat, children of God. Watch what you eat. You cannot be eating junk every single day, every single day. You're eating things that are dipped in oil, that are deep fried, that are what? Take time and eat at least once in a while. Eat boiled food. But today, Sunday, you're eating chicken. Tomorrow, you're eating pork. The next day, you're eating beef. The next day, you're eating mutton. Then goat meat. Like the whole week, you're just eating meat. Uh-uh, that is unhealthy. At least have meat. Okay, if you love meat so much, let it be three times in a week, but do not follow it consecutively day after day. It is not healthy, by the way, because beef takes three days to digest in your stomach. On average, on average, it takes three days to digest the red meat, the, the, the chicken, and, and the pork. That means sex long to digest in the stomach. So you, it will be toxic if you do it on a daily basis. On average, it takes, I think, three or two days to digest. So take care of your body. You're taking soda on a daily basis to make matters worse. Breakfast, lunch, supper. Breakfast, lunch, supper. Every meal is followed by a bottle of soda. There is too much sugar in those beverages. A lot. Take water. If you are to drink soda, at least do it once in a week. Not every day. It damages the body. We are wondering why these days the cancer is too much, these chronic illnesses are too much, the diabetes, they are telling you stay away from sugar, but for you, you are insisting me, I have faith in God. Listen, you do not take poison. You do not see right poison there, and then you say, I will sanctify it with the blood of Jesus Christ, and then you drink. That is foolishness. Take care of your body. If food is good, food is good, this food is nice, once in a while you have it, once in a while, take yourself out, eat, fine, eat, you can have all the junk you want, but do not do it on a daily basis, you will kill your body. If you do it every single day, you will kill your body. You're having deep fried chicken, fish fingers, what? You will kill your body because these things are dipped in oil. And to make matters worse, oil that has been once used, one thing I know is that oil that has been once used 
becomes toxic once used again. It becomes toxic. So if we are doing it, do it once in a while, at least once in two months. Okay, if two months is much, do it once in a month. But take care of your body. That is why we have so many diseases these days. You find that even children, young kids, are getting diabetes. They are living on insulin. But you, as a parent, what have you done to take care of your child? And we have, sometimes you leave these children to eat the way they want. You say, let them eat. They are still young. Do not kill your child. Take care of them. Eat healthy. And if it is so hard for you to do exercise, you know you're eating like this and to make matters worse, you're not exercising at all. The mom, from the time you leave home, you are seated. You reach office, you are sitting. You come back, you are seated. There is no exercise at all. At least walk. If it is a walkable distance, find time and walk. In the evenings, get some time and walk. If you can walk a certain distance up to somewhere in the mornings when you're heading to work, walk. Live a healthy life. Do not kill your life and say, I'm a child of God. Sickness has no hold over me. How are you living your life? The truth is, sicknesses don't have hold over you, but you also need to take care of yourself. Exercise once in a while. Do not sit the whole day. Already you work when you're seated. Now, like some of us who have office jobs. Me personally, I work. Because I know I sit the whole day. From the time I enter office, I am seated. So when I'm coming back home, why should I also be when I'm seated? A distance where I know I can walk, I will not take a border border. I will walk that distance. Take care of your body. Honor God with your body. So that's when somebody says, you're not the kind of person who has sicknesses all the time. I have this, I have that. Let somebody see the Lord's glory in your health. We pray for God for a divine health but it is also our responsibility to take care of ourselves. Eat fruits, eat vegetables once in a while. Sometimes you don't like it, you only like this junk food, but sometimes have a diet and stay away from them. At least take a week or a month and say that this month, I am not going to eat any beef. It will just be fruits and vegetables. Mm. Take a fast. Even fasting is good for your body. It's good. Praise the Lord. Honor God while you obey his servants. We honor God when we are obeying his servants. Or authorities. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13. As you open your Bibles. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 tells us, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of the foolish men. 
Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God, honor the king. And then it goes on and tells us that slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. So it, uh, uh, okay, you, you, you will continue. But the Bible clearly is telling us to honor high authorities, respect your masters, however tough they are. However tough they are. Some of them are tough because of people's indiscipline. But there are some who are disciplined and well, and the Bible says that it is commendable for that, for you to suffer for what is good. If you're disciplined and the, 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 your, your master is just being stubbornly tough, it is commendable to you. So let us honor God by respecting high authorities. The high authority could be your parents, it could be your husband, and these days it is very terrible because uh, we were, we were, they, they brought about women emancipation that women are equal to men. But biblically, that is a lie. Okay, I, I am talking about homes, husbands and wives, not other areas. I'm talking about husbands and wives. Biblically, the Bible clearly tells us that has, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Let me actually give you that scripture. You're not equal to your husband. Your husband is your head. In First Peter chapter 3, right there. You will read it all. You, you will read the entire... You will read chapter from verse 1 up to verse 7. But First Peter chapter 3 tells us that wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husband, so that in, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words, by the behavior, but by the behavior of their, word, of their wives. So submit. Submission is required from the wife to the husband. They are your heads. He is your superior. Submit yourself to him. We honor God when we obey what he says. And if the Lord tells you, submit to your husband, submit to your masters as slaves, submit to your pastor, do it in honor of him. We should submit ourselves to God. And how do we do that? When we obey his will. We should behave in a character that a person will look at and say, indeed, this person really honors her God. When we come to his house, how do we conduct ourselves in his house? Do we leave it cleaner than the way we found it or we litter in his house? That one also believers do it a lot. And they see no problem wrong with that. They see nothing wrong with that. You litter in his house and you say, I honor God, Father, I love you. Something you cannot do in your own house. But however, when you come to God's house, you're doing it. Do we really honor him? And above all, when we are worshiping him, let it be in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4, verse 24 tells us that God is spirit. Therefore, we should worship him in spirit and in truth. 
Let it not be on your lips. Let it not be just for a show. You want people to see you. But when you're worshipping him, does it come from within? Does it come from within your heart? Father, I worship you, but do you really mean it? The way you're saying it as it is coming out of your mouth. Do you also mean it? As we honor God, as we fix on honoring him, because maybe we have not been doing it the proper way. The truth is we cannot do it on our own. That is why he left. He gave us a helper, the Holy Spirit, to help us, to guide us. When you're praying, tell the Holy Spirit to help you honor God in all that you do, in everything that you do, in everything that you say, in your thoughts. Let it bring honor to God in everything that you do at home so that everybody can see that honoring God, that this person really honors God. You know, sometimes you may not even need to preach the gospel through the words by preaching to people. Tell them that give your life to Christ. But your actions alone can do the preaching to people. Your actions alone can draw somebody closer to give their lives to Christ because they see that truly this person has God living in them. Let your actions do the preaching. Do not speak something different and your actions show something different. Honor God in everything you do. Honor God. Hallelujah. Okay, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for teaching us that which we did not know. Father Lord, we pray that you forgive us for where we have pretended to honor you, for where we have been hypocritical in our ways and we have gone against you. We ask for your mercy. Precious Holy Spirit, please teach us how to honor our Lord. Teach us how to live a life of righteousness. Teach us how to live a righteous and glorious life, a life that honors you, Lord, a life for Jehovah that everybody will see that truly the Lord lives in us. Father, direct our footsteps. Do not let us fall into the path of unrighteousness, but lead us into the right path, irrespective of whatever may come our way, irrespective of whatever persecutions that we may meet. May we be strongly and firmly established in you, Lord, that no matter how much the storm comes, we will remain standing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed and believed. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me invite Pastor back. Hallelujah. Amen. I appreciate God for such a great message. Amen. Amen. You see, one of the ways that you know that God has blessed 